Jonathan Schulman is back on the podcast for part two, where we are talking and continuing this conversation about customer experience. And I just love talking to Jonathan. It's like I'm talking to my buddy. This conversation, I feel like you're a fly on the wall of listening to two people who are really passionate about retail and customer experience. And something that kind of was a theme really throughout both of these episodes with Jonathan is the importance of the basics. You know, be brilliant at the basics. Go back to your roots. Connect with your customers. We can forget that. We can be moving too fast. We can, like sometimes we really do need to slow down to move ahead. And we just have more conversations about this in this episode and the importance of collecting those reviews, what you're doing with reviews, how to collect the reviews, a streamlined way. Jonathan can totally help you out with that. And we talk about some data and technology and some big like, whoa, blow your mind kind of stuff came out of this conversation. At least for me, my mind felt a little blown on some things we were talking about from an AI perspective. So it's not at all. It's got the basics and it's got like super out there. So you're going to enjoy this episode. If you have not listened to part one, go listen to part one first, then come back to part two. We'll link to it here and let's dive in. Jonathan, welcome back for part two. Great to be here. All right, let's get to it. We're talking about data in this episode. If you haven't watched episode, the first part of this, we've linked to it. Definitely listen to the first part. This part, we want to talk about data as it relates to the customer experience. So Jonathan, in what ways can physical stores utilize customer data to personalize in-store experiences? Well, um, God, artificial intelligence, forget about, right? That's moving at the at the speed mm. of sound. So, you know, anything that we talk about now, who knows if it's going to be relevant true. in a week. You know, I think for the most part, it all comes down to the fundamentals and the things that we know to be true and delivering a better customer experience, which is what, you know, like we talked about prompts people to actually walk through your lease line and into your store to experience them. There's a whole ton of things that you can do. The easiest one is something we already do is just Instagram and keeping in touch with your customers and making them want to be part of your family. Um, and they're going to want to be because you're going to give them an experience that's better than what they're going to get down the street. I always say that people are coming in looking for something. Above and beyond the something is the experience that you're going to offer and the feeling that you're going to give them. Maya Angelou's famous quote, I'm not even going to repeat it because everybody knows it, but you got to make them feel like that you matter and every customer has to matter. And if you do that, they're going to want to engage with you and in, in all the platforms where you're at. And they're going to want to be part of what it is that you're offering. And if you move them enough to do that, social media is great. As far as the metrics go, heck, I mean, you know, there's a lot of data gathering platforms out there from Podium and you can text back and forth and you can maintain your trails of what it is that you're talking about. CRMs are, are out there and they're expensive ones and people that you need to actually hire to run them. There's super easy ones also that you can use yourself that just to keep track of your of your of your data as far as your customer data goes and what it is they like and what they might be looking for next and how you can serve them better in the future and maybe use those as prompts to do blog posts or email emails or or heck even even physical cards and little packages and little things that don't take a whole heck of a lot of time or or money or even creativity just a thank you note is so nice mm -hmm. to get especially when you handwrite something even yeah. if they didn't buy anything, right? It's like, hey, thanks for coming in. You know, I really appreciate you coming into the store. I'm going to take 
64 cents or whatever, whatever a stamp is and invest that in, in you and spend three minutes to just jot out a thank. Nobody gets those. And is tech important? Yeah, but so are the basics also. Um, right. And then there's all the other things that you can use to kind of analyze the experience that you're offering and to really get granular with that, which is also really important. From a CRM perspective, is there one that you would recommend that's not really expensive? You know, HubSpot's pretty good. It's not expensive at all. You can get $30, $40 packages that, that'll basically do the basics that you need. Pipedrive is another one that, that I've seen and, and used a little bit, and, and that's a good one. But yeah, I think those two things are super simple to employ. I don't know if everybody really wants to get super crazy about about diving into the data. Look, we got stores to run, right? We've got merchandise to check in. We've got bills to pay. We've got marketing to plan. We've got social media posts to put out there. We've got stuff to do. So let's not make it too nuts, but let's at least take advantage of the opportunities that we have to be better. Yeah, I totally agree. And I know I had a guest on Don Gruders who recommended HubSpot too, Mm -hmm. and she had some great applications for using that CRM. So we'll link to that episode if anybody missed it. But but yeah, you got to have that. And that's an action item for listeners. What are you using to store customer information? Because you do need to have something that is storing it. And if it is a CRM, sometimes our retailers are like fully integrated with Shopify. And so they have all their information there. And mm-hmm. now you can be, you know, sending out emails. Clavio is a really great tool for that. We're a partner of Clavio that can also help um, deploy your emails and hold that data and understand like what are people buying and how are they shopping? And that that can really give you insight that I think it's important that we're paying attention to, but we're not spending hours just going through all the data and metrics like you mentioned. Yeah. Um, stirring the batter to make the cake time and time again is a lot tougher to do. There's all sorts of automations that I'm starting to kind of educate myself on as well, you know, where you can start planning these these emails that go out and they trickle out. So you don't have to keep on writing the same email over and over and over again. All this stuff is super automatable. Um, if that's a word, you can set it and let it go. And it's a great way. And I can see it now. You know, it's interesting. You jump into somebody's kind of web of, hey, I'm interested in this, right? And somebody offers a free report on whatever. And so you sign up for it. Now they got you and you're in their pipeline and the pipeline trickles information out. Some of it's a little bit overkill. Some of it is really useful, right? So you sort right. of depend on who you want to be and 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 what that what that looks like. Part of that experience is, you know, and it seems to me that there's the people that want to, it's all about me. And I'm me as the as the vendor, and I'm going to push all this stuff out and just drill you with things. Or you can be a little bit, you know, a little bit softer and only put out things that you really think are important that you would really get because people buy from the people that they like and the people that they find a little bit of association with. And so if you're the softer type of person, don't be overly aggressive. And if you are super passionate and, and aggressive and excitable and, 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 and in your face a little bit and people dig that about you, then I think you got to be that, right? As long as you're authentic. Yeah. Well, and so. a couple a couple things I, I can't agree more. And just to kind of echo that, we teach at Crystal Media, you know, your nurture funnels and your sales mm-hmm. funnels. And I think a lot of retailers miss the nurturing 
funnel. It's a lot of sales. It's a lot of the me, me, like you're talking about. And we're missing that opportunity to engage and ask questions and teach and do demo, like something that's more meaningful. You know, a classic example that I share is an email of a, like a art framing company. And they had this great email of just easy hacks to frame artwork, you know? And it's like, I found it really interesting because I'm someone who I'm the one that hangs all the art around our house. I enjoy doing that, but it's a whole like process You're the one? for me. I'm the one. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's actually a secret talent I have. Uh-huh. I'm very good at getting it like centered and like the first shot. I'm really good. But it was an email where I'm like, oh, this is so helpful. And it's a nice reminder. It wasn't about like, hey, buy art, buy art. It was just helpful tips for you. So how can you be nurturing is a question I'd be asking for our listeners. Well, I think, yeah, it's called value add, right? Exactly. And kind of business parlance. So, you know, what other things could you be doing? Look, you're passionate about what you do already, right? So it's not that hard. And one day you might have Crystal's Frame Shop and putting out a little video on how to make, how to hang these things properly and maybe little tips on how to stagger them or how to place them. There's plenty of guys out there, me included, like I, I could hang, I could hang pictures and none of it would be right. Right. It would be too high, too low, too crooked, too this way, too that way. It would be wrong. And I know that. So why even try? I would go and search that stuff out on. I mean, my favorite search engine now is TikTok, right? Because they give it to you super fast. It's very to the point and succinct. You don't go through all the fluff. There's there's no little ads. I was looking for a recipe for something last night. My wife wanted something for dinner. I'm like, oh, I'm kind of the chef in the family. So I'll cook that. And I looked on, I I Googled it and you get all these ads for nothing that you're really interested in between somebody describing what it is that they're cooking until you finally get, you know, 10 scrolls up where you get the the recipes of of the things that you need to shop for. So with TikTok, it's just, it's just fast and putting those things out, I think is a great way to not only show that you care, but also get your brand out there a little bit and do things differently. People like to be sold in different ways and, and to take that softer part of it is, is I think really important in just getting bigger. I agree. And yeah. I think what I love about this too is retailers, I want you to think about the experience. It's the part one and part two, this is all about the experience. Sometimes we think about marketing and social media and it feels heavy and it feels like I have to be a marketer. Instead, it's how am I really connecting and what's the experience that my customers are having with me with my content that's online as well as my in-store. So that's changing that a little bit for them. I now, think being oh, there, right? Yeah, exactly. You got to yeah. be there. Yep. You got to be there. Okay. So what are some ways retailers can anticipate and plan for their customers' needs? That's a great question. I'm so glad you asked because there was a webinar that I listened to this week and they had um, four high-end you know, furniture stores, um, high-end in the fact that they had lots of doors. They, had, they were pretty substantial, had substantial businesses. And it was sort of like a round table almost. It really wasn't a moderator per se. There was just a bunch of people that were just talking about stuff and keeping the, keeping it going. And one of the questions was, how do we forecast future business? And okay, granted, it's not what it used to be. Went through um, a crazy election year with 2016 and then, and that had a huge effect on the economy. And then we had, you know, Donald Trump, which changed things in a lot of different ways. And there was a lot of division and then COVID shows up. And so trying to figure out on the logistics side, how that's going to affect the demand for your product. Nobody could have seen this coming, right? right? Nobody could have seen a demand so high 
for product that we couldn't get because here on the West Coast, you used to be able to get a container from from Asia worth full of product for twelve hundred bucks, fifteen hundred bucks. It went up to twenty six thousand dollars. And heck, if you live in if you live on the East Coast, where now you've got a land bridge, things land in Los Angeles, and they got to get on a train or get on a truck and drive all the way across the country to get to market. That's absurd. Yeah. Um, but what was interesting was when they were talking about forecasting and how do we look at our business and how do we gauge it or how do we comp it to same store sales from last year or the year before? Everyone scratched their head and, hey, we just look at it quarter by quarter. But, you know, there's back to the data points. If you have an idea of what your business is going to look like, then you kind of know what it is. And the only way I can find in my head to understand what your business is going to look like next month and next year is to know what your customers think about you. Because th those are your people. Those are your people that the customers that like you will come back more often. They'll spend more money. They'll tell their friends, right? Yep. That's it. Like we talked about in the first episode of why we spend so much money and time and effort trying to get new customers just to churn them out the back end makes no sense. Right. It all comes down to these fundamentals of basic, just treat people like people, make them feel like they're valued authentically, right? Yeah. I mean, don't do it put a mask on and pretend to be somebody you're not. And right. if you're not that person for your business and find somebody who is that person so that they can be the authentic person that people want to come and see. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you look at your Yelp and you see somebody had an issue and you take it personally, that's gold. You decide to, Hey, this person, Oh, I remember this person. They were a pain in the butt. They were asking for too much. They wanted a discount. They were looking for a purple cow that doesn't exist. Right. Right. Well, doesn't make them a jerk. It makes them having a, somebody with an expectation and they want to be heard. So even if it doesn't exist and you might not have been in the mood to, to tell them that, hey, what you're looking for, there's no such thing as, maybe you could politely suggest other things, yeah. right? Or at least put them on the path to get them to where they want to go. Because right. the name of the game is getting a customer. It's not conducting a transaction. Mm. And so even if I can't help you, I'm going to, and I know who can, I'm going to say, hey, look, you know what? I saw this on a website that's something similar to what you're looking for. Or guess what? The guy around the corner sells these flowers that, that you're looking for. Or I saw these pillows over in this other guy that he's got a really cool antique shop. And I think they might be able to help you out. But still right. capture that person. Still mm -hmm. figure out a way to get that person in your pipeline, right? Yeah. Because then you can still send them a little card. Hey, thanks for coming. Hey, I hope exactly. you got what it was that you're looking for, right? Keep yeah. us in mind for... for whatever's next. There's always something next, right? Totally. There's always something next and you can there be there for that is. next. Yeah. 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 And then what's great is you make a note on that and you're like, your internal note is they were really trying to find vintage furniture or a flower mm -hmm. shop. So in my follow-up with them, I could be like, Hey, did you ever find that? I was also thinking about this company. So you should check them out too. Like it, it's just being helpful and it's relationships. And I love, I think it's refreshing what you said about just what do your customers think of you versus getting really caught up in the economy and the news and the media and the doom and gloom. Mm -hmm. I think it's very easy to get caught up. You know, it's very, there, there's a lot going on in our world right now. Yeah. So much. And I was just saying to a colleague of mine, I try to live in my little happy bubble over here. And maybe that's naive of me, but I'm just very conscious of what I'm taking in and what I'm putting out. And I think about my business on how can I serve? Not, right. not like, you know, what's happening in the economy. And maybe some 
people would think that's a bad way to think, but it's like, I'm really focused on how we can serve. And I think if our retailers are looking at that, what do our customers think of us and how are we showing up and how are we feeling when we read these reviews? And, um, that's what's, that's what matters. That's going to help you predict a little bit better than, than any of the headlines. Totally. And you can be the bright spot in somebody's day, right? That doesn't take, Yes, that's one of those things that's free, right? Yep. Being kind and being nice and being helpful and being somewhat accountable, at least to yourself to go, Hey, look, I know I've got a, a gazillion things going on and maybe I am a news junkie and I listen to too much of all those <laughs> horrible things that are happening in the world right now. But I don't think it's naive. I think you've got to take care of your own kind of being and your business yeah. is part of that. And the days that you have and the things that you do and the successes that you have, during the day and the failures that you have that you can go back and learn from shouldn't be ruining your day. They should be, you know, kind of making little water drops in a bucket that, that you're going to have full one day. And that's, to me, that's kind of what it's all about. And that's, what's cool about mm -hmm. retail is that you have this opportunity to be better. And especially now where you do, you know, you do have an opportunity to see what people really think of you mm -hmm. through, you know, Trustpilot or, or, Google reviews or, or Yelp or whatever else is out there. And you yeah. can have, you can, I, th I think the negatives are the best thing. I wanted to talk a little bit about the, the other kind of software systems that are out there and, and what you can do to run your business to not break the bank, but also understand the sentiment of your of your customer and how important it is to look at opportunities where you can close the loop and say, okay, somebody, even if somebody says you did a great job and gives you a butt, that butt is what you want so that you mm -hmm. can go back and fix that so that there is no butt, right? Right. There's right. always going to be, right? No one's perfect, but at least you understand. You asked me the last uh, episode what my favorite book was, and it was, it was L.U. Goldratt and the goal was, talks about the theory of constraints. You've got to find the biggest problem that you have and in your business or in life, I mean, just as a person and work on that, right? So right. that you can stop the plug and you can let the water sort of go through the drain. Mm -hmm. If you don't, then, you know, and you just operate, that's being in a bubble. Right. Yeah. Saying, oh, we've never done this before. We, this is not the way we do things or, you know, all of those little buzz terms that just kind of make your stomach turn and go, oh, well, yep. why don't we? Right. What's in yeah, the I best know. interest of, of, of who we're serving? What are we doing right. here? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The one that gets me is, but that's how we've always done it. And it's uh. like. And I say this to my team all the time, just because we've done it that way doesn't mean we should be like, right. are there other ways we need to evolve? This is why I have a conference called evolve. I mean, mm -hmm. I just really believe in that. I want to go back real quick because you mentioned in the previous question, podium, and we have retailers that use podium and love it. So I mm -hmm. do want to say that anybody listening, it's a great platform that you could be checking out. And I know some of our retailers, what they love the most about it is it helps you get those reviews after those purchases, it makes right. it kind of easy easier for the customer to review you and mm -hmm. share that experience. And so to your point, you know, reading those bad ones and really analyzing what can we do different and showing up. And then I think it's important that we're always trying to collect those reviews. It shows up social proof, but we learn from it, like you're saying. So, and you take action cool. from it, right? Like you take action. Yeah. Yeah. We're crusty individuals anyways, being in, being in retail, right? <laughs> I mean, we've got thick skin. We're used to dealing with all sorts of, of situations coming at us a lot of times all at once. Right. Yeah. So Having one more is when you throw mud at mud, you get more mud and it's just another thing, but it's, but it's a, it's a big thing because if the goal really is to, to build customers that do love you, that do want to come back, that do want to bring their friends, then, then that's a massive constraint when you get somebody that, that maybe you fell short on, or at least they feel like you felt short with, 
you can't argue mm-hmm. somebody's feelings. So even if you think you did a great job, they don't. In this particular occasion, your opinion really doesn't matter, right? right? It's their opinion. And so if you want to get that person on your side, then then this is the time to do it, right? Yeah. Listen to them. I know Apple is huge. Right? If they get a bad review, the manager of the Apple store is supposed to call that customer within 30 minutes. Um, wow. To, right, to fix it. And so there's technology that exists out there that's obtainable, but you have to have the... the, the you have to have the, the the idea at least in mind. You've got to have the gestalt of the customer comes first, right? And Apple exactly. Apple is one of those companies that that always looks at the customer as, hey, let's do the customer first and figure out what it is that we can offer them, right? And how can we be creative and how can we serve them better and how can we make their lives better? How can we enrich their lives? And gosh, that seems like something any store can do. Absolutely. I yeah. love it. So good. Okay. What role do you see for in-store technology in enhancing the customer experience? Now, I know you did say AI, mm-hmm. um, but what do you see in-store tech? I mean, I know we could talk about so many things here, but just a couple things. What would you talk about? Gosh, somebody um, mentioned something in a podcast I was listening to about Minority Report. And if you remember that old Tom Cruise movie where yeah. he's in the future and he walks into a mall and the mall can recognize your your retina or your facial recognition and start throwing yeah. images at you of what it is that you're looking for. If your phone can do it and, and put things in your feed that you were talking about, this is next, right? right. I don't know. Part of this... Part of the thrill of the hunt is seeing things that, that some computer didn't suggest for you, but <laughs> things that you find on your own. Yeah, I think true. there's. I think it's scary. You go through Medium or Reddit or, or or LinkedIn and people writing posts and using AI to kind of construct a story or an essay or, or at least a three minute read about something that just smacks of artificialness and mm-hmm. and I think that crushes the authenticity. I don't want to be an old geezer, right, or old school. I think you need to look the 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 Rangers won the World Series based on a lot of artificial intelligence use. Um, yeah, Tell me I more. Mean, well, so they analyze body swings and they analyze how you're opening up, or if a pitcher has a little bit of a, a kink in his elbow as he's throwing, wow. and using artificial intelligence to to look back and just taking all the data so that they can see, hey, this guy on a on a two and one pitch always gets you know, the pitcher will always throw a, a, a curveball unless these situations are happening. And this batter happens to bunt on, on the fourth inning when it's two outs and there's a man on second, right? So you could get all that stuff, all that information right at the snap of a finger. And it's kind of, you know, it's Moneyball 2.0 or 3.0. Yeah. I know. So we start wow. looking at what's going to happen on in everybody, every day's life. I'm, I'm off to Asia next month and, and uh, in China, it's a little bit of a different story over there. And you know, you can step off the street when the light might be just turned red, then you'll get a jaywalking ticket in the mail because they just see you everywhere you go. Um, yeah. yeah, That's crazy. It is scary where it could it be going. Scary. Yeah. You know where my head is going as I think about the retailers? Like, wouldn't you love to have the data of what is the high-end shopper, the one that spends the most? Like, how are they coming in? And can you have AI read all the videos of all the customers and these are the ones that spent the least and these are the ones that spent the most and what can you correlate? Where do they go? What, who talks to them? How long, like, Oh, that, I mean, I would love to have that kind of data, but then yeah, it's creepy. We're watching our customers and just, 
Well, they are. I mean, when you think about it, the last episode you you asked about, you know, how can the smaller independent retailer compete with the bigger ones? And the bigger ones are going to be the ones, you know, you're going to walk into a Target or or a Home Goods and they're going to deploy all these, you know, they're going to weaponize this stuff, right? Because Mm. they, it's data driven. It's not person driven. I mean, I I think even, you know, my teenagers still like to have an, an experience that's somewhat tailored to who they are. I think yeah. they'll get a little bit more numb slash used to all the kind of artificial interference that's going to, that's going to be between them and whatever it is, wherever they decide to spend their money as they get older and, and their kids also. But I think in, in, in the grassroots of things, it all goes back to the basics, which is why does mm-hmm. somebody come into your store? Mm-hmm. The Amazon guy just dropped a box. I, I needed, I'm going to splash cock the turkey for Thanksgiving. And so I need to like, I need something to cut. So I ordered the thing instead of going to William Sonoma and God knows what else I'm going to wind up. I'll get like a hundred dollar bar spoon and a $70 tumbler. I don't know that, that would add on to that. So, right. you know, I, I think those in-store experiences are super important and using artificial intelligence to get you there cheats a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think if you can pull on the heartstrings and do the heart pull, you're going to be, you're going to have better customers, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to have, and you're going to have people in those stores that are going to serve those customers better. And you're going to totally. know who your customers are. And so even the ones that, like you mentioned, what are the high-end ones? What about stores that don't concentrate on the super bougie rich? I know we all want big transactions, but I was reminded of a big one yesterday. I was in a store, a customer in Los Angeles, and these guys serve a, a more modest community. And they've been around, they're multi-generational and they've been around for a heck of a long time. And I was thinking, okay, what are these guys going to buy? And you start looking at their operation and they get it, right? And they offer this community and they do very well working in the more low-end products. And yeah. there's definitely a home for that and make and, yeah. and offering a service to to those people. And they're talking about layaways and payment plans and you know in-house financing and all these things because- that's how it goes. I used to um, do some work for the pawn industry and but there's a certain percentage of the population that they don't have a bank relationship at all, right? They're off the grid. Right. And so the pawn stores, for any of you pawn stars or pawn store people out yeah. there, um, you know, it's the retail side of it, but it's a, but it's a financial vehicle. And so people will take their old Fender guitar that they've got or their watch that they got from their grandfather and they'll pawn it over and over and over again, right? How, how do you AI that? I mean, yeah. I'm sure there's a way, but you know what I mean? Like th- these I things are, are still important and I, and, uh, yeah. and, the, and it's really sexy to talk about the high end. The reality of it is not everybody is that way too. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that there's an element of, for the retailer to think about, is there technology that I can have my, in my store that can streamline me, my team that can create some efficiencies for my customers, maybe on finding products or learning products, or the experience could be interactive. And so I'm using some technology. So it's fun and interactive. Mm -hmm. And what is our human connection and how are we showing up and caring and being there and talking to them and getting their information and just learning about them? It's, you've got to have those, that mindset that's curious about it and is looking for those ways. I love that you said artificial interruption, I think is what you said. Artificial interference. Yes. I like that a lot because it does, it can help us and it can also 
be like, no, that's not what I'm trying to do. That is the opposite of what I want to do. And we're going to see more and more of that, I think, as it evolves. It's crazy. I mean, you know, there is no, going back to what we were talking about, the people who said, we never did it like this. Things are going to get done in ways that nothing's ever been done before, right? I mean, we're we're moving so quickly through all this stuff. One of the things in Medallia, which is my passion project, um, you know, and taking those big enterprise survey software systems and taking those metrics and, and making it affordable to, to every other retailer out there where you can close the loop, right? So whenever you get a survey from, you know, you get off of Southwest flight or United flight and they send you a survey, hey, would you recommend us to your friends and family? It's amazing the data that mm. they can churn through that and they can mm-hmm. understand what their customer sentiment is. And they can, mm. you know, they can, they can kind of what we send it out to the people who really need to see it. So it does two things. It measures your KPIs. So, you know, depending on what industry you're in and what it is that you want to measure in furniture, we want to talk about, you know, knowledgeable salespeople, cleanliness of store, friendliness, the same type of things that most retailers look for. We want to make sure that because our customer journey is fraught with stop gaps, right? We've got, here's a commitment that we've made and you're going to leave my store with a piece of paper and a promise that someday we're going to deliver something to you that's somewhat going to resemble what it is that you saw here on the, on the floor. Um, right. And what's that going to look like? And, and is it going to show up on time? And what's the delivery experience going to look like? And what happens if you do have a problem? We talked mm-hmm. about why I hope there really is one, because that's where a really good salesperson in a company can really step up. But yep. what if you fall short? I mean, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? So we really want to do a good job, but maybe we didn't do a good job. And it's important to to understand the reality of it. And so mm-hmm. if you can plug into a software, you said a lot of your listeners have Podium. Medallia is another one that is yeah. basically built for enterprise, but we can do it now for the independents. And oh, you can, nice. clo- awesome. yeah, so that's that's kind of my passion project. And, we're, and we're, we're, we're able to take those surveys, understand your scores, close the loop on situations. And like I said, if there's, hey, it's a 10 out of 10, usually on a 10 out of 10, you'd be great, right? Move on. Yeah. But there's always a there's always a but, right? Something always could be better. And yep. I need to get those butts so that I can yeah. measure those and so I can make good on them yeah. and get back with the customer so that we know that we're listening and we thank you for taking the time to fill out this brief little survey, helping us get better so that we can serve you. And then you've got them also, right? Because they're going to mm-hmm. give you their, your information, the, the email and, and phone number, whatever else you might need that you want to know about them. So you'll have them from two points, right? You'll have them from your store and you'll also have them from the surveys and making sure that closing the loop is so important. I had a bad Avis experience and I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to fill out this survey and I really let them know what happened and I never heard back. Mm. So I was like, why are you asking to me? I know why, but to me, why are you asking me as a consumer? If you're not going to at least do something, acknowledge, you know, above and beyond a thank you for filling out this survey. We use this data, blah, 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 blah. Right. No, I want somebody to come back to me and go, Hey, we really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Sorry. We let you down. Here's what we're going to do something, you know, to kind of make it better, mm-hmm. make you feel like you've been heard, which is what we all want. And really have you not go off to Hertz or, or somewhere else, right? Our <laughs> exactly. competition where you're going to rent next time, especially yeah. if you're a frequent renter exactly. or user of the product. So, right. um, I, th- these things are super, super critical. And then you can start scaling these customers based on who is engaging with you a little bit more on, on each of these platforms. And if it's Yelp and Trustpilot and Google and Podium and, and Medallia or whatever else, the people that are engaged and those are the ones that you really need to mm. put on your, your A plus list for everything. Yeah. So listeners, you really need to 
talk to Jonathan and we'll link to, so you can learn more about his technology, but this is so important to yeah. have as a retailer to really understand, to close the loop, like you were saying, to get more data. And that's great that you make it, sounds like you make it easier for the retailer to collect this information. And way less expensive. Yeah. Oh, we like that. Yeah. Good. Yep. Um, no, there's a lot of pluses to it. It's a great system. I saw it. I couldn't believe it actually existed. So to, um, cool. you know, to try and figure out a way to make it, to package it up and make it more turnkey. So it's not an IT drain or it's not a financial drain and you get the information that's, I'm a geek about this stuff. I I just love it so much. So I really want yeah. to make this available to everybody. Oh, thank you for doing that. Yeah, I love it. We will link course. to this. And Jonathan, my final question for you today is, can you share a success story where data sig significantly impacted a retailer's customer experience and business growth? God, there's the feedback that you get from your customers. If you're smart enough to listen to the one that comes to mind is Nordstrom rack. You know, they, uh, they um they had long lines of checkout, right? And so when they would survey their customers would say either two things. One, I can't find any help. And the other thing is waiting in line to check out to buy clothes. I've already been here longer than I expected to, finding all these great deals and stuff. And now it's gonna twenty minutes to just check out. No thank you. So they did two things. They took all of their associates and they put lime green shirts on them, if you remember. So you Smart. could find them. And then they also gave them iPhones with checkout capabilities, yeah. right? So there was like these little stations all over the store where you could, um, you know, if you're in the middle of the store and, oh man, I got to get out of here, check, check me out, swipe my card. They've got bags over there. Off you go. Email you the receipt. And people Beautiful. really loved it, right? So yep. that's, and, and their sales went through the roof. I mean, it should, yep. the hardest part of the sale should not be giving me the money, right? That should be the easiest <laughs> exactly. part. Yeah. Oh Yeah. 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 I've been in lines like that before. And I'm like, I can't, I have yeah. to leave. And right. so you do. I mean, it's yeah. Yep. And you're that's angry. a great example. But I need these shoes. Yep. So I got to wait. <laughs> yep. And then ideally yeah. I tell them that. So then they know, so then they can implement a solution like what you are talking about. And that is a beautiful way to close this, that it, that closes the loop of why this is so important and why we're gathering this information from our customers. Yep. So we can provide better experiences. Jonathan, remind people where they can learn more about you. LinkedIn, uh, Jonathan Schulman, S-C-H-U-L-M-A-N. My company is C-Experentia, which is C-E-X-P-E-R-E-N-T-I-A. There'll be a link. Um, go to the website at cxperentia.com and uh, look forward to working with you guys. Awesome. Jonathan, thank you so much for of sharing course. so much information about customer experience. This was a really fun conversation. A lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Awesome. Everybody, remember, I'm rooting for your success. Have a great week ahead. Bye. If you are enjoying Rooted in Retail, then you are going to love a new podcast called Main Street Matters by Heart on Main Street. My dear friend Patrick Kaiser and the founder of Heart on Main Street is the host, and he talks to retailers, industry experts, helping Main Street retailers thrive, similar to what we do here on Rooted, so I know you are going to love it. And if you haven't heard of Heart on Main Street, you're going to want to check them out because they help independent retailers in three main ways through education, mentorship, and grants. It's an incredible nonprofit and organization that I am honored to sit on the board for and be involved in. And I really want to see you get involved. It's a great resource. So you can go to heartonmainstreet.org to learn more and then open up your podcast player, search for 
Main Street Matters on Heart on Main Street and subscribe and enjoy. I know you're going to love it. Thank you so much for being here. It means the world to me. Don't forget to join the Rise and Shine newsletter, which is social media news you need to know, sent via email every Monday morning. Go to crystalmediaco.com slash rise to join. And don't miss the newest episode of Rooted in Retail, which drops every Sunday morning.